Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 78. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about uh, how to develop a range plan or a, a training plan um, for your range session, um, especially given the called the scarcity of abundant ammo um, that's going on in the summer of 2020. Um, you know, having a, a game plan for you know what skills you want to develop and how to best utilize the ammo that you have to develop those skills um, is a very important thing to do. Yeah, we had originally talked about in this podcast doing kind of a state of the industry report, and basically that would be too fast for ammo. Ammo sucks. Um, there isn't any, or it's extremely overpriced. Or, well, I wouldn't say overpriced. It's exactly what the market will bear right now, which is ridiculous. Um, you know, with everything going on. So, you know, we, it, we, there's, we, we get a lot of chatter from customers, a lot of concerns from customers about, you know, well, I've got some ammo, but I don't want to use any of it. Um, you know, and the reality check is, you know, having that training plan and continuing to train, if, you know, if the world melts down and there's the apocalypse, you know, and you need ammo, the reality check is it'll be laying everywhere. Um, you'll be able to find ammo at that point. Um, you know, the, the big deal is, will you be able to use it effectively because you stopped training a year ago? Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to talk to customers and, and help people figure out ways to get out on the range use the ammo that they want to use effectively and then perhaps find some other options besides making loud noises um, to train. So we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, setting up a range day, you know, not, not from a physical perspective, but from a planning perspective um, and, and talk a little bit about that. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're, you know, your typical range session looks something like load all the mags, shoot <laughs> all of the mags, uh-huh. add a big piece of paper, and hope that most of the bullets go into the piece of paper. Uh, you don't have a range training. Or you don't shoot, have a plan. Or a gigantic piece of steel. Yeah. One or the other two. So, yeah. Yep, yep. In, in this case, you know, we're looking at how to, like, what are what are core skills you're looking to work on? Um, be that accuracy. You know, be that one-handed stuff. Um, weak-handed, you know, stuff with a pistol or with a rifle. Uh, or we're looking at training the draw stroke. Uh, or are we looking at training, you know, other skills such as uh, reloads, shooting from cover, uh, movement, um, any number of different things? Functions. Yeah, shoot, move, communicate. You know, so make the gun work, um, move and make the gun work, and communicate and make the gun work. Um, making the gun work is more of the range end of it, not so much tactics as talking about, you know, just the function of the weapon itself and your ability to use it properly. So. Um, hey guys, uh, so, so starting, starting off this conversation before we get into some of the drills and some of the ideas and some of that kind of thing, um, if you don't have a notebook or a three ring binder or a notes app on your phone or your iPad, um, that, that is, that is dedicated to going out and training with a firearm, um, it, you know, it's kind of the same mentality. The gym that I work out at, I, there's a, it's, you know, we, I kind of joke around. It's a little bit of an old guy gym. And there's some dudes there that are former D1 athletes um, that are studs. I'm not one of them. Um, a, a number of those guys, they, you know, even, even at this stage of the game in their lives, these are guys in their 40s and 50s, they still have a training notebook. They still, they, you know, they take notes. They write stuff down. They, you know, they, they know, they know what their three rep max is on X Y Z movement. Um, you know, and they have notes around how it worked out on that day and what other, what might have affected it, and different things of that nature. Um, just watched a blurb from Pat Mack. You know, same thing. Take some notes when you go to the range. Write some notes down when you work out. Write some notes down. Develop a baseline. It's it's almost like a dope book for you instead of a dope book for a rifle. 
um, you know, understanding what your capabilities look like. And, and, you know, everybody's an individual and everybody has different capabilities. And sometimes those capabilities are differential day to day. But if you don't take some notes, you'll never be able to establish a baseline. And if you don't establish a baseline, you won't ever know if you're improving on those fundamental skills. So, you know, having, having the data is, is what makes it training. Going out and shooting is what makes it, you know, just a fun day at the range. So, you know, I guess I would say let's start off with the idea of let's start taking some notes and establishing baselines and things of that nature. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, so we're talking about going to the range. You know, what do you want to accomplish on a given day? Like Brian was saying, do you do you want to work on draw strike? Do you want to work on that, you know, draw to first shot, um, that 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 stimulus to first shot, whether it's a beep on the on the timer or whether it's you know, somebody calling out the word threat or something like that, which is a little harder to time accurately, but, you know, close enough kind of deal. Um, or is it, you know, is it reloads? Is it movement to a position and then shooting or movement from a position and getting into another position and shooting, things of that nature? You know, what do you want to work on on that day and then start developing some of those drills and stuff like that? Um, you know, online, guys, the interwebs is just this massive, massive, massive wealth of places you can go to seek out drills. And you can literally put in, um, drills to speed up my reload, drills to speed up my target transition speed, drills to speed up this, drills to speed up that. Um, you can do movement drills. It used to be if you wanted to get a drill that was good for footwork, you almost had to consult you know, some type of a sporting coach or go to a page for someone that coached athletes, um, basketball players, football players, baseball players, guys trying to develop foot speed to be quick um, in reaction. And nowadays, that's not even really a thing. You can actually go and search you know, USPSA shooters have, have trained at a very high level with footwork and movement and things of those nature. You can chase down drills for almost anything you'd ever want to chase down that already exists. Go even watch videos on top of videos uh, on how to accomplish and improve those things. You know, the Internet's a great wealth. If you flip to a video and, and it's some dude who's, you know, uh, uh, 200 pounds overweight with a samurai sword cutting as many bottles as possible... Um, don't watch that video, you know, find something else, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, that's maybe a little more applicable, but you know, it's, it's developing that plan and moving forward with that plan. So, um, you know, some of the things that we push warmups and things of that nature, one of the things we push is a warmup for a planning thing for a, a range day, um, dot torture. I know we preach dot torture over and over and over and over again, but dot torture is a great way to do a 50 round warmup for whatever you're going to do that day. Um, not burn up a whole bunch of ammo doing goofy stuff. It, you know, and it works specifically on side alignment and trigger press, um, and it's not going to burn through a bunch of ammo, and it can be your lead into a training day. Or, honestly, right now, it could be your training day. It could be your entire training day, absolutely. Um, you know, and the other thing, too, to consider is if you're going out to do what that draw first shot looks like, maybe you don't actually do a warm-up. Maybe you walk out onto the line cold and do that, you know, that draw to first shot, draw to first two, you know, or run a build drill cold or run an El Prez cold and actually get a baseline um, you know, because you're only as good as you are on your worst run, you know, you're only as good as what you're, you know, that's, and your worst run, unfortunately, is your baseline, uh, from a reality check. Uh, this isn't the, the gram where you're going to run this, you're going to video it five different times and then post the fastest one or the cleanest one. Um, you know, this is for you, not, not for the interwebs. So, you know, taking that into consideration when you start looking at that plan, but write down what you want to work on for that day, go find those drills that you want to do. Curiously enough, this probably sounds or rhymes a lot like uh, what we talked about when you're trying to set up a training day for your friends to take people to the range and stuff like that, too, you know, is to set that baseline, uh, you know, 
set what you want to do or what you want to accomplish, but then go do a baseline on that, train throughout the day, and then come back and measure that baseline again and see if you've got any improvement out of it that day. But then if you write it down and have the notes, you can look, you know, three months, six months, a year down the road at what your old baseline was. And hopefully you've got a new baseline now that's better than the old one. That's called improvement. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, how far do we want to go down that rabbit hole or do we want to talk about some other options for training too? Uh, I'd say one of the other you know important things with your setting up a training plan today, especially, uh, is figure out an ammo budget ahead of time and then kind of plan or work around that ammo budget. You know, so be that, you know, a hundred rounds, 150 rounds, you know, maybe it's 50 rounds. Uh, you know, be, be aware of, you know, everyone's in a, at a different position as far as how much ammo they have available for training and how often they go to the range, you know, what competition season looks like, you know, what their resupply or ability to procure more ammo looks like. Uh, but having a, you know, basically a budget of this is what I'm going to use um, can really help to simplify, okay, these are the drills I'm going to pick out or these are the drills I'm going to focus on. Yeah, and the guy at the gun store should never, ever, 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 ever say this. Um, but maybe you hold off on buying that next gun and push that money into ammo. Um, we know that ammo prices are pretty inflated. Um, matter of fact, we're seeing prices on 223 ammo that's nearly, well, that's 50% easily over what it was just three or four months ago. And, and in some cases, pushing double what it was three or four months ago, depending yeah. on where you're looking. Um, you know, that, that can very quickly in, turn into, you know, the next Glock or the next handgun, or for that matter, the next rifle if you shoot enough. So it's a little bit of a conversation around those kind of things. Um, you know, so something to consider. Yeah, having recently taken some friends of the range that had new rifles, uh, one of the things I wanted to work with them on, you know, basic marksmanship skills, um, yeah. super important. Um, we did the, was it, the 50-yard um, four-position 200-point aggregate on B8 targets, so five rounds standing, five rounds kneeling, um, five rounds sitting or squatting, and then five rounds prone. Uh, but in doing that, instead of just being like load up a mag, it was load up four mags uh, with five rounds each and then making those guys you know, practice reloads, practice getting in and out of positions, um, working basic skills and trying to do that in a, call it a cost effective or ammo effective manner. Absolutely. You know, if, you, if you're one of those guys uh, who has, you know, kind of that unlimited training budget, uh, whether it's as a, as a professional shooter or as somebody who is a professional at arms but, but has just decided that they're going to back that up with dollars um, off the job, you know, that's cool to load up every single mag and go to the range and just go run drill after drill after drill because you're maximizing your time when, when dollars aren't an issue. But if not, you know, maybe that's one of those things you can do is have those mags stacked appropriately to run those drills, um, you know, and, and work through them in that fashion so you know exactly how many rounds you're expending versus looking back into the day and, uh, and thinking, wow, I was thinking that was a 500-round day. It turned into a 1,200-round day, um, you know, that kind of thing, because that can sneak up on you or burning up all of your ammo because you ran a drill a couple different times because you weren't super happy with what you got out of it, um, only to find out you don't have enough ammo to run some drills at the end that you, that you had patted into your training day that you planned into your training day and you don't actually yeah. get to them because you burnt ammo somewhere else um, because of maybe somebody else's delay. I mean, we've all been on the range and been running drills. Someone's had a gun go down and it's like, okay, well, while they fix their stuff, everybody step up and run this drill another time or two kind of thing. Um, you know, don't put yourself in that position, you know, plan it out and be a little more rigorous about maintaining that plan. So, yeah. Um, and I'd say too, like we can look at, you know, 
maybe we don't run a drill exactly the way it was intended, but we can work extra skills into that drill. Sure. Um, you know, using partially loaded mags or you know doing drills dry um, before we do them hot. Yep, absolutely. Um, speaking of that, the we did this with Brian, um, the yeah. CSAT uh, dealio. What's that? Yeah, it's the um, Paul Howe, the he's former unit guy. Um, if you've read Black Hawk Down, you know who we're talking about. Um, has a drill called the ball and dummy drill. Um, so for every shot you take, you do five dry fire presentations. Yeah. Uh, and we're doing pistol skills. So drawn from the holster, you know, draw to first shot, um, strong hand, do that five times, uh, five live rounds. Yep. But in there is, you know, five um, dry fire presentations for every round we're firing, um, then doing that strong hand, and then doing that weak hand. Uh, if you do it all in a row, it is one heck of a shoulder workout. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it was pretty good. I mean, from a perspective of getting the reps in on the draw stroke, side live, and trigger press, click, follow through, all those good things, and seeing everything without the distraction of the bang. Yeah. Um, with the, the guy who kind of introduced this drill to us, uh, he did this with his department when they had their quarterly training and the guys that had issues you know, on a regular basis kind of making the qual uh, had dramatic improvement with their yep. pistol skills after running this drill. Yeah, funny thing about, you know, being a truly advanced shooter, um, we're back to mastering the fundamentals, you know, and that's this is definitely a fundamentals drill. Um, I know that it was interesting on the range the last few shots. I, I thought that I did this drill really well personally. Um, not just for me, but in general, I, I had a, the grouping that I was looking for. I don't think I dropped more than like maybe one shot in the whole thing out of what I wanted to accomplish. Um, and so for the small amount of rounds fired, I was pretty tickled pink with that. But good Lord, it it really forces you to focus as well. It forces you to bear down. But it's a lot of good reps right in a row, too. It's yeah. a good grease in the groove kind of thing with that intermittent confirmation. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So that that, that was definitely an interesting one. Um you know, we mentioned dot torture. Um, there's just so much stuff, guys. There's just so many different opportunities for you to get out there and train without dumping a bunch of money into it if you plan it. Yeah, so. the uh, Range Master Core Pistol Skills uh, Course of Fire is 40 rounds. Yep. Um, you can Google that. It's the Range Master uh, Core Pistol Skills uh, Course of Fire. Uh, it was in our newsletter about a month or six weeks ago. Uh, probably the best 40 rounds you can use once you've gotten to the point where your your dot torture skills or dot tor running dot torture isn't necessarily bringing in additional improvement. Yeah. yeah, if you're pushing dot torture, you know, back to 12 or 15 feet and you're shooting 48s, 49s, um, and you're doing it, and not rapid fire obviously, but doing it in a lot shorter amount of time than when you started, um, you know, dot tortures, you know, it, it's good to a certain extent and then at some point you got to move on. Um, and that I would definitely agree that 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 40 rounds is solid. You could also, you know, if if you're if one of your games that you do is IDPA or USPSA, they both have qualifiers that are fairly low round count yeah. qualifiers. Just go set up your qualifier for IDPA and run it. You know, run it once at the beginning of the day and run it once at the end of the day. Um, you know, for USPSA or IDPA and and get some relevant reps into your sport um, as well as to your training too. And give yourself a good baseline metric because you're going to shoot that qualifier once a year in a match anyway. So that gives you, you know, maybe you could do that a couple times a year and say, hey, am I actually improving over my USPSA qualifier that I shot when it mattered? Right. Um, plus, it gives you a little bit more of a stressor at that match when you do it too. 
So you you know you're getting a little bit of somewhat under pressure testing there. So yeah. Yeah, same thing shooting um, B8 targets, you know, with a pistol at 15, 20, 25 yards from yeah. time um, is forces you to do a lot of things. Yes. Um, and it keeps you very honest. Yeah. Um, you know, at this point in the game, just blazing away, especially at steel, I think is almost counterproductive. Yeah. yeah unless, um, it, unless it's small steel under duress of, of significant time constraints, yeah. I would agree with that. If you're, you know, if you're shooting big steel plates, if you're shooting half size or quarter size steel with a handgun at close range, um, you're, you're probably, you know, we like to say masturbating with ammo. You're probably having fun, but you're not getting any real work done. Um, you know, another Dave Spalding does a lot of stuff on three by five note cards. Yep. Um, you know, another good target, you know, array that you, that's relatively cheap to go buy a pack of them, um, you know, and put them up and, and you can paste pretty quickly and pretty easily with those too. Um, uh, but force yourself to shoot smaller targets and make the hits. Um, uh, if you find yourself, you know, kind of hammering away, you know, we always joke cause there's a couple of those guys who, when they miss, they shoot faster and miss faster. Um, you know, maybe, maybe try and deprogram that a little bit too. So. Um, do we want to move on to some other options around training, saving a little bit sure. of money or whatever? Yeah. So some other options, guys, you know, we talked about, uh, the cap and ball drill that Brian mentioned from Paul Howe. Um, you can, you know, there's a lot of drills you can do at home with no ammo. It's called dry fire. Um, there's some guys out there like Brian Enos, um, and a few others. Ben Stoger, ben Stoger has a really good dry fire program. Um, you know, if you Google those names or Google, you know, dry fire competition programs, dry fire programs, etc. Some of those even get into some weapon manipulation um, beyond just pressing the trigger, you know, draw stroke, side line, trigger press, and then some like reload one, reload kind of deals with an empty gun. Um, you know, the, the dry fire practice, if you talk to guys who are high level competitive shooters, they'll tell you that, you know, they, they may pull the trigger 10 or 20 times empty before they ever pull the trigger on a live round. Comparatively, they do a lot of dry fire practice. Um, you know, some of them. So, um, you may also consider sub caliber options. Um, you know, if you run a Glock 19, there's now a Glock 44, um, in 22 LR, um, Smith and Wesson makes uh, 22 caliber analogs of its handguns, uh, for ARs, you can buy 22 caliber ARs or buy conversion kits for those, um, and run those types of options. You know, you might give up a little bit in accuracy. You're probably going to give up a little bit in reliability. Let's face it. 22 MO is just not quite as reliable. Yeah. Um, but with the right guns, you don't have to change holsters out. You don't have to change a lot of things out. And if you set things up properly, then you're running the same, essentially the same system. Yeah, you're not getting the recoil out of it, but you're still getting side alignment, trigger press, um, and confirmation on follow through that the bullet actually went where it's supposed to go. So, you know, there are definitely some options out there along those lines. We are seeing that market tighten up too, um, for sure. But, you know, some options along those lines. The other thing too, um, martial arts. You know, maybe maybe go find a jujitsu gym and start rolling. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there who who the gun is. You know, the gun's the hammer, man. I I know how to use my gun. I got a gun. Um, but you know, a lot of those guys could probably stand to do, and me included. You know, a little more PT and a little bit of martial arts too. Go find some place that can help you work on that six feet and in gap where the gun may not be the option, may not be the best option, a little bit of confidence, a little bit of skill might be. Or we need to create some time to get the gun out. Exactly. Any of those things along those lines. So, you know, just looking at some different options you could do, um, you know, joining a gym, a jiu-jitsu gym, or, or a gym just to work out is not necessarily cheap if it's a good one, especially if they're actually going to coach you um, in the weight room or on the mats. Um, but from that perspective, uh, right now, you could probably get a quarter you could probably get 90 days at a gym 
uh, for less than a case of 5.56 right now. Yeah. Yeah, probably better than that, uh, but either way. So, um, you know, the other thing too, um, med gear, uh, doing med training. Don't have to make any loud noises doing med training. You can basically buy an IFAC, an, an IFAC that's going to be a disposable IFAC you use for training that, you, you know, once you've opened it and used it, repack it, put it back away and mark it as a training kit and start doing some of that training practice. You know, when's the last time most of you can honestly say you self-applied a tourniquet or applied a tourniquet to someone else um, or did it one-handed or did it under a timer or anything else? Um, you know, so definitely some things out there for sure where you could, you know, you can get out there and, and spend a little bit of money but get a lot of training in. The other thing with doing the med training is you might be able to bring some new people into the game with that who maybe aren't necessarily gun folks, but they would be interested in learning, you know, how to use some of this medical equipment maybe introduce them to a class and go take a class with them and then practice that stuff afterwards rather than focusing solely on the gun. So different options. Yeah. Um, you know, added to that, you know, working med training into your range session. Yes. Um, you know, so we've, we've done this scenario. Now what happens in the aftermath of that scenario? Yeah. Um, so forcing people to, to do medical stuff, you know, after they've done some shooting, yeah. um, is very applicable to the real, real world and also gives you, you know, some, some good skills without burning a ton of rounds. Absolutely. And, and again, if you're a professional end user, maybe doing some medical stuff in the middle of a scenario as it evolves. Um, you know, some of the stuff that we did uh, that I think comes out of like centrifuge and Will Petty, yeah. you know, with the tennis balls and stuff like that, you know, where someone, you know, the, the bad luck fairy taps you and you've got to put a tourniquet on, you know, when you're down to less than two hands and trying to work with another teammate and engage targets and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, you know, you can definitely combine those things. Just make sure that you do it in a safe manner, in a safe environment with good supervision and good safety um, oversight and planning as well there too. Um, you know, but definitely something to add to the mix that, you know, you can have a little less bang, bang and a little more learning, learning. Um, and, you know, while using your brain and learning isn't all that cool, um, it still can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, guys, I know this isn't like the super exciting topic of the day, but it is, you know, it is a relevant thing. We're hearing it a lot from other people. Um, you know, if you guys have other ideas, uh, you know, some ways that you can train without spending the bucks, um, you know, or, or some ideas uh, for us or things you'd like to discuss with us, we'd really love to hear it because this has become something that with the price of ammo skyrocketing over the last 90 days, um, we're hearing a lot, a lot, a lot of people concerned about these challenges. These are some of the ideas we have. We'd love to hear yours so that we can share them with other folks too and keep other folks out there and engaging their brains and furthering their skills. Um, you know, we'd, we'd like to keep the community moving forward in that direction. So please have the conversation. Yeah, also, you know, helping the, the new members to the community get up to speed. Uh, we've had, you know, a lot of, cust of first-time customers, a lot of yeah. new customers, um, you know, people sending friends, family members in, buying their first gun. Um, and then realizing like, oh, I don't, you know, maybe they have the gun and they have the box of ammo they bought with it. Yeah. Um, so helping them get up to speed uh, because especially on the pistol side, you know, pistol shooting is a perishable skill. Um, it does require regular practice. And it's and, importantly, it requires a good foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Which takes time and dollars and ammo for sure. Or in and, and or lots of dry fire and sub caliber options yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So. Yeah. So in. Unfortunately, you know, from what we're hearing uh, from our gurus, you know, further up in the industry than us, you know, that the ammo thing is not going to resolve itself overnight or in the next month or even the next like three to six months. Yeah. 
yeah, we're hearing some some ugly some ugly concerns coming from above us that you know ammo ammo could be something that doesn't fully resolve itself and get anywhere near back to normal outside of politics if things stay the same if the status quo doesn't change um, you know we could still see struggles getting a hold of ammo through the beginning of next year potentially um, so you know this is not a short term thing so you may maybe maybe starting planning now is probably a good idea yeah so um, on that note. Please follow us on social media. Uh, we're sticking around on Instagram and Facebook as long as they let us stay there. Uh, you can find us at Cap City Outfitters. Uh, we do an email newsletter once a week. You can sign up on our website or drop us an email at info at capcityoutfitters.com, and we will happily add you to that. Uh, if you got ideas that you would like us to cover on the podcast, we really do need ideas right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Please send them to info at capcityoutfitters.com. And then lastly, please come visit us at the store. Uh, we are in Hilliard, Ohio, uh, 4465 Cemetery Road. We are right in front of Aldi's, uh, right next to Louis Fusion Grill. Uh, we are running 10 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, we're, we are limiting it to four people in the store at a time due to COVID-related social distancing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, mask, um, blah, 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 bullshit, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, mini mics, Akami, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess on that note, um, stay safe, be dangerous, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys.